Andre Segovia Show. And welcome to the Andre Segovia Show, everyone. Good morning. It's midway through July already, and I have a great episode lined up. It's not just a great episode. It's the longest episode I produced. I had to cut this one down. And I'm sad that I did, but it's leaving room open to a follow-up because we're going to talk about cryptocurrency or better known for, for most of everybody else is Bitcoin. But there's Bitcoin's not the only one out there, as you'll find out. And I had a great discussion with a colleague of mine about this very thing, especially with it being on the news everywhere since Facebook threw their hat into the ring with Libra. But before we get into that, I want to talk about this event happening in Los Angeles, more specifically at the Los Angeles Convention Center towards the end of September. The California Association of Realtors does an annual real estate expo. And this year, they're doing it in Los Angeles. Last year was San Diego, and the year before, the, excuse me, the last year was in Long Beach. The year before that was in San Diego. And I really enjoy these events because it's a great way to get motivated to also connect with others that are in the industry that are doing different things to bring value to their customers and the clients and stand out above the rest as well. And you get to see the innovations also happening in real estate that you otherwise didn't know was going on and happening underneath your nose. So it's a great way to get motivated, to get learned, to stay up to date with the latest that's happening on the state legislator and um, with uh, your local association. And also you're you're mingling with just about everybody that's coming from all over the state. So it's a, a great way to get motivated and I strongly encourage anybody that can to definitely go check this one out. And what makes this one stand out above those other like, oh, gotta pay to go get motivated for three days at some kind of function. This is not one of those things because you're not sitting down on your butt for three days. This is a place where you get to engage on a convention floor through exhibits, through classes and such. And there's also parties of the store to luncheons. There's so many various different things that go on on these kind of events. The show dates, let me pull them up for you, are September 24 through September 26. This is the Los Angeles Convention Center. The master classes are all on September 24th, so that is the paid day. If you don't want to pay but still want to show up, that's the that's September 25th through 26th. So there's events there that all day and it's free. You're welcome to come. So just to recap, there's 60 plus uh, motivational sessions at the, these events. 125 or more speakers, 200 plus vendors, and a lot of them give away free stuff. Hey, just FYI. And expect at least 8,000 realtors there. I have been to these events where there's been about 10,000 there. Where can you find out more about this in the show schedule and get a lineup of the items and go over the experiences some more? That would be www.reimagine.car.org. That's www.reimagine.org car.org i will link to this in the show notes so you can find it there and the car association of realtors did not sponsor me in this episode they did not contact me to uh, or pay me in any way to give a shout out to this event i just happened to come across it in my digest and i, I remember this event and i always encourage people to go and i'm encouraging now through the show for you to go as well so if anyone wants to join me on this thing you can definitely reach out to me through the socials and ask hey andres are you going because i would love to to go with you it's like let's do it and 
we'll see you at the convention. All right, and that's it for that. Now let's move on to talk about cryptocurrency. This is an interview that I recorded earlier with uh, with a colleague of mine in real estate. He's not an expert in the field, but he's definitely invested into in cryptocurrency. And he had a lot to say that uh, gives you a background as to what this actually is, cryptocurrency, what it's meant to do, and what it's already doing. Let's get to the interview. Here's my interview on cryptocurrency with my colleague, Chris Campos. Hey, Chris, thank you so much for joining me to discuss cryptocurrency today. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. Yeah, it's, it's been in the news a lot, thanks to uh, Facebook, of yeah. course. Yes. And, and, we'll get, yeah, and we'll get to your thoughts on Libra and their whole uh, Calibra wallet Libra uh, thing. But I, I think we gotta start all the way at the basics. I, I sure. did talk about it in a video that you're familiar with. Um, and for those of you that follow me on the tech channel will know that I've actually talked about this before as well, mm -hmm. uh, cryptocurrency. So uh, most people know Bitcoin, but how many different types of digital currencies out there at least do you think at the top of your head? Hundreds, maybe maybe a couple thousand, but certainly hundreds. Crazy, yeah. but there's only like a handful that are popular. Yeah, yeah, there's only a handful that are like kind of proven themselves and have like a, a use case. A lot, a lot of them are nonsense and scams but some of them are actually have legitimate use cases and serve um, useful purposes. And, and there's different useful purposes that we can talk about. All right, cool. So I'm gonna hit these bullet points that uh, for those that missed it, I will discuss it here. Sure. It's like, and I, I, I might, uh, I might use it loosely, but I might jump between cryptocurrency and Bitcoin a lot. <laughs> it's, it's just it's so much. Thing, yeah, yeah the, the Bitcoin is its own currency though and and cryptocurrency is a definition of all of those digital currencies but uh, okay so cryptocurrency we know is a virtual currency we can't touch it so the examples as we discussed would be like bitcoin and the, the latest thing from facebook which is libra and what's that other one start with an e i keep reading ethereum ethereum yeah yeah it has a cool name but i have a hard time pronouncing it so now it's traded between people but not but no banks are involved Banks are not involved because of uh, regulations, you know, like holding assets and, and all these kinds of things. And, and, for, and because you know, crypto is such a new like technology, the the the, the financial regulations and, and laws on it are still like you know in development and it's still being figured out. Mm -hmm. So so because of that and you know like banks having to uh, you know protect consumers and all this kind of things, uh, they can't get involved with it directly right now. That's going to evolve over time. Um, it's going to evolve big time over time. So, for now, that means you are the bank. You're the exactly. carrier of your own money. So, anyone yes. that keeps their money in a shoebox or in their mattress, not the banks, is something that they should be interested in, basically. It's a digital version <laughs> of keeping money under your mattress right. or keeping your money in your shoebox. <laughs> okay. Now, now here, here's the part where it gets interesting. That the transactions of crypt, like uh, uh, digital currency, um, they're recorded in a public ledger. Yes also known as blockchain. The blockchain, yes. So who maintains the ledger? Um, miners. So, so miners basically verify transactions. They call them Bitcoin miners. And it's like, you know, people who have uh, certain computer hardware, certain computer software, and they just verify the transactions that are going on on the network. Like, oh, mm -hmm. this, this person sent some to that person, that person sent some to this person, and all those transactions are, are being recorded on this big list. And, and that list is called the blockchain. And every, so why they call it a blockchain is because every block is just like a small list of transactions, right? Mm -hmm. And it, it, I think it's like every 10 minutes or something along these lines. Um, 
and every and, and there's three different blockchains too like they could be programmed differently uh-huh. but it's like like one block is just like a list of data and the next block will have like a, a reference to the last block so so why like this is a big deal because as these you know these blocks are being added and the list is growing and growing <clears throat> it cannot be changed like the all data in the past like it can't be changed it can't be deleted and it's fully transparent so anyone can see it it's not like only you know one bank or one company or one government is controlling all of this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's like you know, any person or group that decides to be a bitcoin miner or, or another thing they call a node can participate in this and and see like it, it's completely you know 100% open and transparent and that is how you also create the cash that's how it, it comes into existence so so mm-hmm. the, so like like bitcoin itself it's uh it's like a it's like a big code like a big computer code that you know uh, uh allows people to transact bitcoin or just to hold it and then you know keeps the big list of all the transactions which is known as the blockchain mm-hmm. and that code has programmed into it the rate at which more bitcoins come into existence mm-hmm. so bitcoin is is kind of like the reason it's a big deal in terms of a store of value like gold or hard assets is because it's rate at the rate at which bitcoins like come into existence is completely 100% known like people know how much it exists how much is going to come into existence and it's and, and the reason why why people value it as a store of value is because it has an absolutely fixed supply and rate at which that supply comes into existence it makes it like a very rare hard asset that's digital that makes sense yeah it, it it does to me i don't know how many people can keep up sure yeah i know it's uh, a but, little bit techy but Sorry, it, yeah. it, it, no that's the thing it, the whole thing is tech and uh, i think people are hearing it for the first time on 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 my show today because they only hear like bitcoin 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 the price Bit, yeah. or the price of bitcoin yeah, yeah. and the thing is bitcoin is literally like a small component into what is really huge yeah uh, and and that's why I wanted to talk about it and just to clarify for those listening when he said miners he's not talking, he's not talking about underage uh, pe- uh, people <laughs> he's talking about uh, miners as in those that are digging like and when like, yeah gold miners uh, yeah. like salt miners or any of those sorts <laughs> and, and it's to do that uh, like uh, Minecraft for example mm-hmm. that whole uh, digital mining of sorts um, one of the notes that I have here about uh, that talk about that crypto cash is created by mining mining itself is like um you need the you need the hardware for sure yeah. but normally that's like uh, uh math problems like the kind of algebra cocktails. yeah that, that's the cryptography of it why they call it crypto because there, there's like a uh when when going like when when a block of data is being created there's a, a certain part of it that happens that it's called a, a cryptographic hash function people, people can google you know google it if they really want to find out like how it all works and all this Uh, and that basically like um, is it's just like a big complicated math problem. Mm-hmm. And then you know if, if one of the miners solves it, then you know they get uh, rewarded in the coins. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Bitcoin price USD. <clears throat> All right, so, um, 
pulling up in real time because in the article that I was pulling information from, um, this is an article from The Sun that had those bullet points. It's dated, if it had a date. Oh, there we go, June 18. Um, June 18. What a big run since then. A a Bitcoin was valued at 7,000 pounds. Um, let's talk about what it equals in terms of U.S. dollars as of today, which is June 28. It's currently at $12,299.30. One Bitcoin is equal to that. Yeah, when I, in, in early March, it was it was like three or 4000 And over this last week, you know, it got um, over 13000 near 14000 And then, you know, now it's pulling back. And um, this, this is what most people... Know about Bitcoin is the wild volatility. Like you know, yes. in the 2017 bull run, it, you know, it went from like a thousand bucks to twenty thousand, and then you know, over time, crashed down to three thousand, and now it's back up. You know, flirting between fourteen thousand and twelve thousand, and that's what most people <coughs> like. That's what most people know about Bitcoin. Just yes. like a wild price. Yes. But the reason it moves so wildly like yes. that, that is part. because of the fixed supply. Remember we were talking about how uh-huh. there's only so much that will exist? There will only ever be 21 million Bitcoins. And a lot of those have been lost by user error. By like, you know, the person has them and then, oh, they, they lose them or they forget the password or whatever. Mm. So there's there's only ever, from the from the, the, the program and the software code, there's only ever going to be 21 million. But a lot of those are lost. So there's actually less. And like, no... No government, no central bank, no Federal Reserve can ever make more of them. No random person can ever make more. It's like there's only going to be this much. So because the supply is so fixed, when large amounts of money come into the space to buy Bitcoin, uh, you, see, you, know, you see these big moves like we saw at the end of 2017, like we're seeing now. And what is going to come, you know, the amount of money that's going to come in is, is going to People are not going to believe the prices we see. And the reason, again, is because of the fixed supply. There's only so much ever. So when money comes in, you know, it really um, has a strong effect on the value of it. Well, but that's still dependent on someone creating this. Because it's coming, so that means someone's making it. The, it, it, gets, it comes into existence from like the, the transactions happening. And, and only so much of it will ever be... like. And it's to to an extent it does, uh, but I guess in other words, there's a limit to Bitcoin. There's only so much that there's it can only be. Ever going to be so much? So what's the max this thing going to be worth then? Depends. That's, that's a good question. I mean, we saw it go to twenty thousand. <laughs> we're, we're probably going to see a blow past that over the next one to two years. I mean, we already saw it go from. You know, like you were saying, when you you know when you pulled up that article, it was what like seven, seven or so, pounds. Yeah. and then and then in a week, you know, it went you know it went up to fourteen, and the all time high is twenty thousand. I mean, it is right there. You know? Now, what caused this spike recently? Do you think that was because of Libra? Maybe some people speculate that. The, 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 it looks awfully convenient in terms of timelines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so from what I saw on the graph that I pulled up on Google, yeah. like it looks around the same time that it was announced. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now, let's say you had Bitcoin today. How would you be able to manage your Bitcoin on you, your person? Um, it can be done on, the, on a typical smartphone. You know, both Android and iOSs have various um, what they call wallets, uh, and it's basically 
it's kind of like you know how people have like their app for their their regular bank or they have apps for their credit cards yeah. it works kind of like that like you know it just works through an app but um, you can hold like these actual currencies like on apps called wallets and, and you know wallets are made with you know various levels of security and you can get you know two factor authorization and all these kinds of things for you know super uh, secure privacy yeah and yeah. there's even like um, you know little devices um, like a Trezor and Ledger where it's like even more secure for people who have like large large amounts they hold them on there um, but it's it's the idea of Calibra you know Facebook's like about Calibra yeah their own wallet Calibra yeah. is basically a wallet you know mm -hmm. and, and for Bitcoin there's, there's a bunch of different wallets and um, it, I mean it could work like let's say let's say someone has none like someone has zero they don't own any they could go on their phone and the app store and download a different number of apps and then I could be like, oh, hey, you know, let me let me send you some. And I just send them some, and now they've received their, you know, their first coins. Or they could go onto uh, a couple of different exchanges where they can exchange uh, fiat currency like U.S. dollars or you know British pounds or you know, <coughs> Chinese uh, or, or Mexican pesos. And with that, they can buy the coins. Mm -hmm. And the two the two kind of main ones that are most well known and, and the most safe for people are. Coinbase and Gemini, and people could just go kind of almost like um, almost like any stock exchange. You know, they just go on there, send their dollars in from their bank account, or you know, some of them will accept credit cards, and then with the dollars that they send there, then they can say, oh, "Okay, I'm going to buy some Bitcoin, or I'm going to buy some Ethereum, or I'm going to buy some of this, or some of that." So let's let's just take like the Coinbase example. Let's say someone doesn't own any, they want to get some, so they could download the Coinbase app on their phone. And then, you know, they go through entering all their identity info mm -hmm. get to their bank account. And then they can send money from their bank account to the Coinbase app. And then on Coinbase, they can buy, you know, there's a few different uh, cryptocurrencies on Coinbase they can buy. And when they buy it, they can hold it there. You know, like the, the Coinbase app has like a wallet built in. Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, let's say if they, they have it on their Coinbase app, but they want to send it to like a, a wallet on their computer, then they can do that. Or let's say they want to send it from their Coinbase app to um, <coughs> one of those hardware wallets, which is more secure, they can do that. So, so the idea of a wallet is like, it's kind of just like an app where like it holds it, but you can send and receive to almost any other um, wallet for the same coin. So let's say like, like if I buy Bitcoin, I can buy Bitcoin on Coinbase, and then I can send it to you, and then you can send it to this person, and then this person can send it back to me, and then I can send it across the world. Like it just goes... Um, you know, it, it can go from one wallet to another. Mm -hmm. All you need to know is the wallet identifier, which is called an address. That's just a big string of randomly generated numbers and letters. Yeah. So it's kind of like a bank account, so to say. Yeah. But but the person is in control. Uh, but see, the, I guess the, the the first the first red flag I get on that is that the the wallet is made by an app made by a developer that's someone else. So I, I've always said that the cloud. Is just you storing information on someone else's computer, mm -hmm. and that's kind of the same idea. If you if you're going to have cryptocurrency and you're going to store it somewhere, you're storing it in someone else's computer because you didn't create the app. Where in the case of like the the, uh, the institutionalized banks, there is an understanding that they're holding your money. There's a note saying so much. It's like this is yours, and it's insured by the FDIC if someone ever tampers with it or they lose it for some reason. Sure. 
in this sense, because there's no there's no oversight whatsoever. It's people trusting people. It's kind of like a barter system here. Yeah. There's that concern that uh, okay, I don't have a cryptocurrency wallet, so I'll get one of these. Looks like it's the most popular, but I didn't develop that. Maybe it's one of those I have to create an account or whatever, remember the password or whatever. So now someone has my password and my username because I created it on that system, that software. And now it's the place I'm trusting to put all my money in there, mm-hmm. not your own device. So it, that, that's still like, that, that to me, it's, it is a concern. Mostly because, because those that create these things, they must be really good hackers too. <laughs> They have to be. Yeah, yeah. Like the the yeah. ones the ones that are out there, the ones that are they, they know how to read binary. Yeah. HTML code is their yeah. that's the way they speak. Yep. So um in keeping that in line, there's this last point that I kinda left out, uh, because the coins themselves can be traded anonymously. That's not true. That's not true. Not anonymously. Well, well you can if you know the code. Like you can you can erase the sender. No, because that, that's, that's what the whole blockchain is. It's the list of the transactions from sender to receiver. Now, it, it's pseudonymous. So what that means is... like if You, you know, put like a John Doe or something. Not exactly. It's like with like a like a like uh, an address of a Bitcoin wallet is, is like a long string of characters, like, like numbers and letters randomly generated. So, so the, you know, the, the, the blockchain has all the data of all the transactions... So let's say, like, okay, you knew somebody's wallet address, and then you, you could go online to what's called Blockchain Explorer, and you type in the wallet address, and you can see all the transactions to and from that address. That's the whole idea of the, the transparency of the blockchain. Now, it's pseudonymous because, like, you, you can see, like, it went from this address to that address. It doesn't say, like, you know, like, if, if I sent you money on Venmo, it's like, you know, Chris sent money to Andres. Mm-hmm. But on the Bitcoin blockchain, you know, it's like, you know, 3XP7QW9 sent, you know, one Bitcoin to, you know, 5CB31WX. You know, like, you don't, you don't know who did yeah. but But if, if you find out, oh, okay, this person owns this address, then you'll know, okay, these are the transactions this person has done. But since it's people, technically anybody could create an account and they don't have to put their real information in there. Well, if if you're doing it from like a big um, a big exchange like Coinbase or Gemini, you know, because they're big companies, you have to put your real information. I'm sure for KYC. Sure. But let's say like if if some, and this is why like you know it's well known in, in its early days for like uh, you know the black market and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if let's say like someone. Um, because you know you can buy them from Bitcoin ATMs, you can receive them from people, you can receive them as payment. So if someone had some Bitcoin, you know they could um, send it to someone else on just like like a wallet that's not um, held or owned by like Coinbase or a big company, just like a like a pure wallet app. And if no one knew those addresses, then no one would ever know who those people were that's yeah. to each other. So in that case, it would be anonymous. Yeah, which is which is why some people assume that cryptocurrency is a way of doing uh, illegal activities or something like that, or funding them in some way. Yeah, and and yeah, a lot of a lot of illegal activities have been done in crypto, but in crypto, you know, it's so much easier to trace than in physical cash. So, mm. I mean, you know, how, how much illegal activity happens in physical cash that's that, true. that can that's never true. be proven I, I totally or researched or, or you know, but with with 
with the cryptos, you have the blockchain, which shows the data. Like, okay, this much went from this address to that address, and it's on the blockchain. It can be, it can't be uh, deleted. It can't be modified. It's it's history recorded and can never be unrecorded. Mm. So, the average person cannot exactly just go on and say, "I'm going to be a miner and create." Uh, <laughs> cash. <laughs> you laugh at that concept. In the early days, that was happening a lot, and then you know, people would make what's called mining rigs, where they would get like you know, um, you know, different computer parts and software and get that kind of thing going. And of course, you have you know big groups that would get you know large sums of money and make these huge mining facilities. Those are all over the world. But for some, you know, like for some of the the other coins, um, people could like mine from their laptops, mine from their cell phones, and this will always kind of, you know, evolve and, and develop um, as, you know, technology is developing. But if someone, like, someone can mine from their cell phones because it's an app, what does it mean then? I don't know if, if you if you looked into that one because I'm curious to see what, the, what you have to say about uh, what does it mean to have a blockchain smartphone? Like, yes, an app on a phone is one thing, but for a device, a hardware-specific device, to be recognized as a blockchain device, what then does that mean compared to these other ones? Because, uh, like, the HTC um, Exodus, the, this one's called a block, uh, the, blo the first blockchain phone. They, at least they're making that marketing declaration, which is practically the right um, for the consumer. Uh, not, uh, But uh, there are other ones that, that have done it. But a blockchain is also the public ledger. Mm -hmm. So that means that phone's technically their bank. That's the idea. That's the idea where all of this is going, is that like the, the apps, the phones, you know, your computer is, is going to be like your bank. And, and kind of kind of referencing to your, you know, your episode on Libra, my kind of my own opinion based on kind of things I'm seeing and, and things I've learned is um, I think we're going to see finance and banking itself just majorly disrupted and, and, and Libra is a big sign of that because we're seeing now a large private company I mean Facebook's a trillion dollar company mm -hmm. you know I mean they're not they're not chumps and nope. for them to take this initiative you know with Libra and the Libra Association this is a huge disruption they basically created their own money and, yeah. and look at the backing they have you know right now they have a little under 30 companies like uh, Visa MasterCard PayPal eBay Uber Lyft, who have to stake and Spotify. Yeah, they have to stake. Each one has to stake millions of dollars to be involved with this. So, and then those are not, you know, small companies either. Spotify, eBay, you know, all the, these ones that are involved with Libra right now are big companies who are staking large amounts of money to be involved with this. So, my opinion is, okay, we're seeing basically Facebook and a bunch of companies issuing money. So who's next? You know, is it Google? Is it Amazon? What are we going to see next? This, this is this is a beginning. Like you know, I know you're into history. We we are seeing financial history like change right now, and it's going to be. Yeah, who knows what we're going to see in the future? Yeah, because like the, the the technology revolution is going on right now, is akin to the industrial revolution back when the uh, Carnegie and uh, Carnegie. 
Yeah. I hope I got that right. Yeah. No, I'm going to mess up my history. I better not mention their names. The steel industry and the oil industry yeah. before the Sherman Antitrust Act had to break them down, you know, yeah. like create all those other little guys. Okay. Because that's already talks about what's going on with Facebook and how big they are. Amazon, same principle. Okay. Uh, to some extent, even freaking Disney, the mouse. My oh, goodness. I Crazy. Uh, uh, I, I hate to say Google, but nobody knows Alphabet. Alphabet is the one that owns Google because Google said so. <laughs> it's like, we'll create a new company and call them our owner. <laughs> So we could trade it differently, right? <laughs> like, like, I don't know what the heck they're thinking, but that's, that's what they did. But see, that's, that, that's where it all comes down to. That uh, that's We're bringing it to Libra, and then we'll bring it into how this all kind of goes into with the industry that we, that we both make our bread and butter in. The, the thing is, Facebook already right there, that's a red flag. To anybody that's concerned about privacy, I, I, I discussed this in the previous episode yeah. Uh, yeah. because yeah. It's, it's Facebook. Yeah. And the fact that they're going to embed it into the face of Messenger, WhatsApp, and it's assumed Instagram because it's theirs. Yeah. They didn't mention Instagram at the onset, which I found a little curious, but I know it's going to be there because yeah. I know a lot of, uh, of, uh, of of, of people that are doing business on Instagram yep. and why not have a built-in payment system because exactly. in there it's always having to go out somewhere else exactly. go to their web store exactly. now what if they can do the shopping right then and there yep. whether it's clothes or, or, or fitness and nutrition information whatever exactly. it is so exactly. the, the concept is awesome it's, it's, it's the logical step right mm-hmm. the problem is that it, it's, it's Facebook and they control so much of your information yep. And now you're going to give them your financials. Exactly. So this is this is the opposite of so like uh, certain coins. So, so th- these digital monies, it's basically just like programmable money, right? Like all these cryptos that we're talking about, it's just like money that you can program. And we'll go into that a little bit more. Uh, but like you know, Libra is you know this digital money that that Facebook has programmed, and yeah, they're going to be able to see. Um, you know, because with, with, with Libra and Calibra, it's going to be like, it's going to be very user friendly. So it's not going to be like, you know, a, a big random string of letters and numbers is your address. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like, you know, Chris, Andres, you know, so, so the, that, that's one of the big concerns about people about this whole Libra thing is it's basically now like Facebook is the bank, right? Or the Libra Association is the bank, but even more so is, is like, you know, you know, the banks have everybody's data, like what they do and their transactions. Yes. But now it's, it's going to be, um, they're going to have more data. You know, they, they may even be able to approve or deny someone sending money. Um, that, that's one thing people are not happy about. But with certain coins like, like Bitcoin and Litecoin, no one can stop it. Unless like... You know, let's say you, you have like your, your your coins on Coinbase, right? Yeah. And they, they're kind of in, in control. They they can, you know, maybe maybe the service shuts down or whatever. But for someone who, who truly has what they call like possession of their coins, like they can send it, receive it, and no one can stop them. Like it's truly an unstoppable thing. For example, I remember a couple of weeks ago in, in China, they really cracked down and like, oh, you know, no one. No one can transact. No one can send and receive to each other. I saw this on a YouTube video of like a very reputable channel, mm-hmm. and he was saying that even though they basically uh, banned people from do, from you know using it, people were sending it to each other in chat rooms and messengers, and it just can't be stopped. It's one of those things that they're 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 doing their best to react to it, but by the nature of how how it works and what it is, no one can stop it. No one can stifle it. So when people want to use it between each other. No one, nothing's going to stop it. I guess the idea is like the digital international waters, right? 
And I think that's why um, like the European Union, uh, to some extent the United States, and also the United Nations, they're desperate to regulate the internet. When I say regulating the internet, the first thing that, that comes to my mind is um, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. Uh, so, because I've seen the crackdown, I've been affected yeah. by it too. Sure, sure. But maybe that's the smoke and mirrors they're trying to use because the number one thing they want to crack down is finances. Mm -hmm. They control people's finances, they control you. Mm -hmm. That's just how it goes. Mm -hmm. Because they, yep. that why, did, why, are we, why did we move away from a, a, a gold-backed system to mm -hmm. greenbacks? And why do people not want to use like the, the Visa, MasterCard, Amex, Discover, whatever? They want to use cash because it can't be traced. Meanwhile, companies are saying we don't take cash, mm -hmm. only digital. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, okay. So now people came up with an, uh, a digital cash mm -hmm. called cryptocurrency. And it's like, uh, that's not what we meant. <laughs> it's like, we wanted you to use your finances that we see where it's going. And that, that's, what, that's what a lot of people fear about Libra is that they... They lose that. The, the, yeah, I mean, it, in the articles and, and in, you know some of the news I've I've seen, like Libra says they're trying to go to decentralized, which means like you know there's no central authority. That's bull. But, it's, yeah, it's, exactly. It, we we a know lot of people Facebook's hands are in it, and that's the yeah. main concern because the difference between say the the big banks, yes, you get spammed in your mail because like hey you got pre-approved for this or this offer or whatever because they do share the promotion, mm -hmm. but they don't really know what to send you. So they just send you general stuff. Mm -hmm. Now it's Facebook's like, oh, I see what you're shopping for. Yep. Here you go. This is for you. It's yep. in your feed. It's in your messenger. Yes. It's in your Facebook. Here's yep. some Instagram suggestions that are sponsored at you. It's like, whoa, exactly. whoa, whoa, what's all this? Yep. And that's the difference. And then they, they know what kind of healthcare you're getting if yep. you're using the payroll. So that's the that's that's the number one fear in that sense. And uh, we can we can spend days just talking about this. Yep. But I, I, I did wanna I'm glad that we were able to discuss the background, where kind of where it came from, what it is and what Libra means in terms of all this. It's 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 like the same principle but the it, no, no, let me rephrase. It's the same application, that the idea of a digital currency, but the principles are different whereas in one case it's not about a complete freedom from oversight and the other one's saying we won't but we're Facebook and we control you anyway so it's like yeah I'm not going to believe you this is 1984 all over again so <laughs> Yeah. So the, and, and the, more, more tech enabled, and they know everything about you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so to to bring it to bring it all in though, let's, specifically for those of us in real estate, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's it, it, have you seen cryptocurrency in, yeah. in some transactions already? Yeah, yeah. So there, there's a couple ways it's going to play into real estate. And just to keep it simple, two major ways are um, more and more and more over time, uh, more and more people will accept cryptocurrencies as payment. Um, and it's already happening. And like you know, if you go on uh, Google, you can you can find all kinds of articles. You know, go, going back to the last several years of um, real estate being sold and the seller either accepting cryptocurrency or specifically saying they want to be paid in cryptocurrency. In cryptocurrency. So that's already been going on. Yeah, and, and, and I'm I'm sure it does. But when when you have something like that where it's not going through a bank, what does that mean for an escrow? Well, that, that brings up this the second thing, which I was gonna. So, so the first thing is, more and more people and companies will accept cryptocurrency as payment. The second thing is, why Ethereum is is well known is because Ethereum has what's called smart contracts. Okay? So you know, like a, a, a typical legal contract. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, contracts because you know. The, the work you're in, a typical legal contract, you know, there's an agreement, and this person's going to do this, that person's going to do that, right? Yeah. But it depends on the people doing what they agreed to, 
okay? Well, smart contracts are basically like digital contracts, you know, just based simple coding, you know, like if then, but it like self executes and enforces things to happen. <laughs> so an example, example in real estate could be something like, okay, you know, we'll set up an escrow account and um, the smart contract says, okay, you know, the buyer puts up their escrow money in the escrow account and we'll hold it there. And the seller, you know, if the seller takes this action, then, um, you know, they, they proceed with the, um, the purchase. Or, you know, if, if the seller takes this other action, then the buyer automatically gets their money back. And all of that being programmed into the smart contract mm-hmm. makes everything execute on its own. So it's not like, oh, okay, you know, I got I to gotta ask this person to send my money back to the bank or, you know, I, I got to go and, and wire my money. It's like the, uh, the, the contract can set up, like, the conditions and then enforce the execution of those events. So that being said, people could Google smart contracts if they really want to get into this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, what is already being done with this stuff is just crazy. Um, well, here's another example. Let's say we have a, a smart contract that says, okay, you know, when, uh, when the seller receives payment for the house, then... Um, you know, the, the new deed will be automatically digitally recorded. And o- only when this, you know, when only when the money is received will the deed be recorded. So it'll be like, okay, you know, the, the contract, um, or the, 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 the smart contract code sees the money comes to the seller, okay, it triggers, and then now, you know, the, the deed is recorded in the new owner's name, automatically executed. This is the kind of thing that smart contracts Mm-hmm. So think about that. Think about all the different moving parts in a real estate transaction. Let's say you know you've got all these different moving parts. You know, uh, uh, the escrow and buyer and the seller and the insurance and this and this and that. And all these you know things depend on people taking the actions and enforcing the contracts. Well, over time, um, software is going to do this. Smart contracts are going to do a lot of this stuff. And that also, you know, even outside of real estate, that you know, enables a lot to be done. Like, it's going to be used a lot in supply chains. If you want to get super techie, you can look up how smart contracts are going to be used in, like, these techie smart cars. Mm. It's going to be... Some of the stuff I've seen is like, whoa. Like, you might have... You know how... You know, we're going to have these cars that are self-driving and, you know, collect all this data. Yeah. Well, I've read how there's... You know, there's talk about, like, uh, smart contracts in a car where, like, you know, it it will measure your driving behavior kind of where you want you know where you are geographically and all these kinds of things and then this data through a smart contract can immediately determine your insurance premium fascinating so so yeah the the, the applications of smart contracts um is is going to be one of the big things for crypto it's going to just be a major disruption to like everyday life and, and, and business and big business and small business so for people who are into like the techie stuff and hey you know how is this how is this crypto actually going to be used besides people uh, allowing it to be received as money is mm-hmm. smart contracts people could google and youtube smart contracts and yeah what they find is, is going to be truly uh, mind-blowing here's an ex- here's a real life example because you brought up minecraft earlier yeah so there's there's this is my favorite crypto project is called Engine, E N J I N, and these are guys who were uh, super into like video game development, and they started uh, making uh, like uh, 
websites where communities around certain games could form, you know, like a World of Warcraft community or a Minecraft community or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, these guys have taken um, the idea of crypto and said, okay, we want to bring this into video games and like revolutionize video games. So, and they already have like, you know, working products and already working in games. I mean, th- these guys, what they're doing is super cool. So they're doing, they're doing basically like creating a real life economy in video games. Here's what I mean. And it's funny because Minecraft is like their, their biggest name game that they're working with. And actually they just released um, uh, announcement of this. So let's say, you know, someone's playing Minecraft mm-hmm. and they're going through the game and they collect all the little items, you know, they get a sword, they get an apple, they get this, they get that, whatever. Yeah. If you were to, you know, play like a, in any game, you know, that item doesn't have any value. It's just an item you use in a video game. Well, these, these engine guys, they made a cryptocurrency called Engine Coin. And that Engine Coin basically is like um, a currency for video game items. So someone could get a Minecraft sword and be like, oh, okay, this is worth five Engine Coin. And it doesn't, it doesn't end there. Let's say they have that Minecraft sword, right? Mm-hmm. They could, depending on the game and, and what's programmed, uh, you know, into the, the particular game and item, they might be able to um, sell it to someone else, another Minecraft player. They might be able to melt it down and lose their sword but keep five engine coin. They might be able to say someone, you know, someone is has like a, a, a shooting game and they have like you know a, a super high level awesome rare machine gun mm-hmm. they might be able to rent out their machine gun to other players for you know one engine coin a day or one engine coin an hour or whatever and another this is where it becomes crazy let's say you have someone you know they're someone who plays minecraft they get all these items and they get all these you know items worth all these engine coin and they they what's called melt their items so that they lose all their video game items but they get to keep all these engine coin well they can then go to a crypto exchange and then exchange that engine coin for its equivalent value of bitcoin wow so here's what i'm saying so this is, this is like this actually exists now and is in crazy development kids can play games and they can acquire items this or that and their items will be worth uh engine coin which is just a cryptocurrency and then they can, if they want, turn those items into engine coin. They can turn that engine coin into Bitcoin. And then they can go spend their Bitcoin on Amazon, Baskin Robbins, Whole Foods, whatever they want. Dude, this the, exists it's, it's now. A, this is real. It's right a new now. definition of child labor. It's like, hey, you're playing video games anyway, so here, make some money with it. <laughs> yeah. Play some Minecraft. Just play Minecraft and, and send me. Just all play items. that meal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's, that's crazy. So it, this is just like one application of smart contracts. Yes, yes. And the thing is that uh, if everything that we've been discussing already, uh, we know this because we're in tech, but we, I, we have to punctuate it. The possibilities are endless. Yeah. And to see the applications come to fruition, how slow or glacier pace they may be, that's only because of humans um, either stubbornness or reluctance to adopt which is why I'd be interested to see how this picks up yeah. in um, in real estate because yeah. well yeah it's, that's another way to accept um, buyers yeah. also we're excluding an entire segment of buyers yeah. or sellers even that can that only want to deal in, in those in those ways right and for the 
um, the more seasoned realtors that are set in their ways, that all they know is what an what an I like maybe what is a smartphone. Mm-hmm. It's like they're not going to catch on to this. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like on our generation to be up to date to mm-hmm. to keep learning about these things and mm-hmm. also increase our value of our knowledge. Consumers are certainly going to know about this, you know, with, with Facebook pushing Libra and, mm-hmm. and similar projects to come out in the future. I mean, you, you can bet your bottom dollar Facebook it, users are like, going to know about Libra. How many people, uh, how many agents are, are constantly trying to market through Facebook because they know a more senior community is there doing those kind of transactions? The millennials know. Mm-hmm. They're not going to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Rentals, maybe, but they're not going to buy a house. Yeah. But if you're, if you're marketing to the demographic that has the money or has the assets to unload, mm-hmm. imagine being able to do so where, let's say, I, I, it, I just, even though it freaks me out at the same time it sounds awesome Facebook's your escrow mm-hmm. and your bank mm-hmm. it's like dude that, that is crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why I was saying in the beginning this, all of this that's going on is, is going to be a major disruption to banking and finance I mean now Facebook has basically become a bank kind of right like the, the Libra Association I mean it's just and, and even more so even, even more enabled you know than, than banks are how much does Facebook know about you compared to your bank? You know what I mean? And how much are they? How much info are they gathering about you constantly compared and, to your bank? And the thing is, we're giving it to them willingly. Yeah. It's not like they're they're just getting it from you. It's like right. you're giving it to them. Yeah. You said yes on the fine print. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. That's crazy. Yeah. Man, we could we could talk so much about this, but we're running up on yeah. time, and it's always so interesting. Let me give you just two things for for your followers yeah. who are interested in this. Yeah. They can look up uh, two things that are coming in the near future, and then these are going to be big, big news as well. Um, one is uh, Spedden. So it's like the word spend, but you switch the D and the N. Spedden. Mm. It's a it's an app made by uh, I think it's called I think it's called Flexa. But if they, if they just Google Spedden, S-P-E-D-N, it's an app that's, that's coming out, and, and what they have done is they've partnered with big companies like Whole Foods, uh, Baskin-Robbins, Starbucks, this and that. And mm-hmm. basically, Spedden is something that the stores will have so that if someone wants to buy something at the store with cryptocurrency, that app will receive it and then immediately turn it into dollars. So, like, say you go to Starbucks and you have a bunch of Bitcoin, you want to buy coffee, no problem. They got, you know, Starbucks is involved. You send them their Bitcoin, and it goes through the app, which immediately converts it into dollars, and then Starbucks receives dollars. So that that was already announced a couple weeks ago, and the reason that's such a big deal is because the number of companies and the, like, big legitimacy of the companies involved, it's like... You know, you're going to be able to use crypto, you know, Bed Bath & Beyond, Baskin Robbins, Whole Foods, Nordstrom's, places like this. So people can look up Spedden, S-P-E-D-N, just kind of look up the news and learn about that. Mm-hmm. Because that's a consumer application, you know, it's something that, that affects your regular everyday people spending money. Yeah. And another one is Bakkt, B-A-K-K-T. That is, um, it's made by the Intercontinental Exchange, which created the New York Stock Exchange. Hmm. And it's basically an exchange where big institutions and funds can start buying Bitcoin crypto. So because because they're going to have this avenue, we're going to see extremely large amounts of money moving into Bitcoin through BACT, and, and the price is just going to you know, rocket to the moon. When you have, you know, like a big institution come in with millions or, you know, hundreds of millions, tens of millions, whatever, and it comes in and because of the fixed supply, you know, there's only so much of it, 
so when a you know a bunch of money comes in, you know the, the price goes through the roof because it's so valuable and there's only so much of it. So they could look at back to B A K K T, and you know when they see oh wow you know this is made by the people who made the New York Stock Exchange. Those are not chumps either. Yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. Those are not people who don't know what they're doing. And then uh, SPED and S P E D N to see you know, all the you know big retail companies who have you know, open their arms saying, hey, we want to be involved because they realize, yeah, like you said, it's money. It's another market of buyers. It's another yeah. market of consumers. It's the next frontier. Absolutely. Yes. And in some cases, it's already here. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Now, time out for the... Um, do you have any socials that you want to plug in for yourself or anything like that where people can reach you? Um, yeah, I have Instagram. People can find me on Instagram. Okay, so, then, so that, let's, uh, then that's where I'll segue in that. Mm-hmm. All right, well... Chris, thank you so much for giving us a dissertation on cryptocurrency. We, I bet we haven't even scratched the surface. Yes. But for, um, but for those that like to learn more, thank you for sharing those two, um, um, those two services they can look into. But where can they learn more about you or where, where can they follow you? Uh, on Instagram, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Ninja Compost. So my, my last name is Compost, E-M-P-O-S, Ninja Compost. Ninja Compost, all right, cool. All right, well, thank you so much for being on the program. And uh, any other big news that happens, I'll bring you back on the show. Oh, yeah, thank you. Actually, absolute pleasure talking about this. All right, thanks, Chris. See you next time. Thank you. And that does it for this edition of The Andres Segovia Show. Remember to like, share, and subscribe wherever you might be listening to the program so you can be in the know. If you want a question featured on the program, you can reach me on Facebook and Instagram, same handle, at The Andres Segovia, on Twitter, at underscore Andres Segovia, and, of course, email at andres at segoviares.com. Thank you so much for listening to the program, and I'll see you on the next one.